The Law Report with Tyrone Key. And a very good evening to you from tonight's Law Report programme. Well, the tax season recently opened, so I thought it was a good time to invite Mark King on, SARS Group Executive, Operational Services, Escalations and Support, to join us once again. Mark, good evening. Welcome back to the show. Good evening, Corin. Great to be with you. Well, if you have any questions about your tax, you can call us on 0892 10 2010-0892-10-2010. And just a reminder that if you need any information regarding the Law Report, you can find it on Facebook. Just go to Law on SAFM. But if you'd still like to contact me directly, you can email me on law at safm.co.za. Mark, I think you mentioned before when you said you'd like to come back on the show, and I must say you have quite a lot of fans. My first email, which I'll get to in a moment, starts off by saying, I'm delighted that you are hosting the wonderful Mr. King on, on your show next Monday. So... You've got a number of fans out there who are looking very forward to hearing you this evening. I, I, Corin, I've never heard of a tax man having fans. Well, you, you must be unique. You, obviously, you did such a great job the last two times you were on the show that people, you've now got a fan base, which is great. Um, you mentioned that you'd like to talk about tax clearance certificates. It seems a lot of people have problems with those. Yes, I think, Corin, that is one of the areas. I think tonight we'll probably have quite a few more queries just on normal tax returns. Mm. Uh, but tax clearance certificates continue to to be an issue that comes up from time to time. Uh, at some point in time, we will roll out a new system, which the minister obviously announced, uh, but we are not ready with that yet. Uh, but there are a number of people who are struggling for one reason or another. And I think that the key issue we need to leave people with is that they're needing a tax clearance certificate for doing business, uh, whether it be for tender or just for good standing. I would advise them way in advance of it uh, falling due that they just verify that all their affairs, in other words, all the tax returns are in order, number one. And then number two, obviously, that all the debt is paid up and if it's correctly allocated. And that is often a challenge. People have made a payment, but it hasn't been allocated instance to the correct period uh, for, uh, for pay-as-you-earn or for VAT and obviously there's, there's a disparity then between the debits and credits and it could lead to a TCC being not approved on a certain date and I think that's the issue that we want to urge people is be aware of your tax status at any given time. Uh, it's very important. Okay, so there are things that people need to do to get this moving along a little faster. Correct. Correct. Okay. Right, let's just get to that email I was mentioning somebody sent in. It says, I wonder if you could ask this question because I'm extremely confused about a very simple matter. And the listener, whose name is Ken, says, phoning the call center has only been more confusing. Now, I'll go through what he's worried about, but I went onto the SARS website and I found a wonderful document called who should submit an income tax return? And basically, Ken, if you go on, on if you have access to the to the internet to the SARS website, your answers to all your questions are actually in this document. Who should submit a tax return? Ken says, um, Mark, he says, I submit my annual return to SARS manually by the ITR twelve form, as I only have one source of income, which is my bank savings account. So I have to submit the income, which is quoted on the bank's IT three B document. I was 64 years old during the 2012-2013 tax year, which must be submitted now. My confusion stems from the advice I received from the call centre. The agent told me that it's not necessary to submit a return at age 64 years if income does not exceed 23,000 rand. And if one is over 65 years during that tax year, the amount for a non-return rises to 104,000. 
if it is in fact 23,000, my income was marginally higher at 23,500. Do I still have to submit a return if only 500 rand over the limit? Mm. However, he says, I have subsequently heard SARS promotional adverts on the radio saying that all taxpayers earning less than 250,000 rand are now not required to submit returns. Please, could you clarify the correct amount with Mr. Kingon? So, Mr. Kingon, what is the story here? Okay, very importantly, there's two different items here that are at play. The first one, and I think the agents were getting a bit confused between the two. The one is the interest exemption that everybody can get annually. And for a person under the age of 65, that annual interest exemption is 22,800 rand. And the second thing you need to be aware of is the tax threshold. In other words, from what rand do you start paying tax? And that for the 2013 tax year, that's the one which ended at the end of February, uh, was 63,556 rand uh, for a person below the age of 65. So provided uh, this gentleman, uh, Ken's uh, income, is below 63,556, uh, which I believe it is. Yeah, he said uh, 23 and a half, he says. Then he does not need to submit a return if it is from interest alone. He says, now, yeah, it's only from the bank. He says the only interest he get, only income he gets is from his correct. bank. Yeah. Now, very importantly, Karen, uh, uh, I think we need to just elaborate on the rules for this year, just very quickly that people are aware of them. The first one, if I receive a trading income, in other words, I've got rental of a property or I've got a small business, uh, I have a taxi or whatever it might be, I need to submit a tax return from the first rand. Uh, there's no thresholds at play when I've got trading income. The second rule that I'd like to bring in is if I've only got salary income, in other words, no interest and no other income, just a salary from a single employer, uh, if I earn less than 250000 from that single employer and I don't have a car allowance, a normal pay as you earn has been deducted, I don't have to submit a return if it's below 250000 That amount was 120000 last year. We've moved it up to 250000 rand uh, this year. But if I receive a salary plus something else, let's say a pension, and it's above the tax threshold for both of them, I do have to submit a tax return. And maybe should we just uh, elaborate on the tax thresholds, which are different uh, for the different ages. Below 65, it's 63,556. A person uh, between the age of 65 and 74 is 99,056. And a person over the age of 75 is 110,889 rand per annum. Okay, so basically if you are earning a salary that's below 250000 that's when you don't submit a return. That but if you're correct. getting an income like Ken is from interest, and it's just one source, but it's not a salary as such, then it is below the, the, tax, below threshold. the tax threshold. So he, uh, from what you're telling him now, he doesn't have to submit a return at 23 and a half. That is perfectly correct. Ken, good news for you, no tax return this year. Okay, we have a caller on the line, James in the Western Cape. James, good evening. Hi, good evening, Conan. Hi, you have a question for, for Mark? Yeah, Mark, Hello, my James. question is simple. That I've been in the company, I've been working for the past three years. Um, none of us in the company have received an RP5. We've made numerous requests for an RP5. I went to SARS, they looked on uh, you know, the system, nothing has been paid over. Yet our pay slips indicate that tax has been taken from our salaries. Mm. Now, I was promised my RP5 last year. 
which never came, date, 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 never came. This year is another year, no RP5s. I've reported to the fluid line, I've, I've gone to SARS, they say it takes three to six months before they, get, before they do the investigation, but they don't necessarily come back to you. So I wouldn't know, you know. Now my question is, how do we get the RP5 out of the employee and we know for, for certain that he's not paying in the tax deductor? Mm. James, obviously this is fraud, and you were right in reporting it to the fraud line, and we welcome that. Uh, obviously, depending on volume of work, we can't investigate every single case because it's simply just sometimes too much. But what do you do? Because that puts you in a position that you haven't filed a return where you maybe should. And I yes. think it's the best way that I would recommend for yourself is to actually file a return based on the data that you have. In other words, you've probably got pay slips. Correct. Uh, and you can complete an, a draft IR5 uh, as though it had come from your employer. In other words, okay. you can say you've got one IRP5 and then you're going to fill in the figures that you believe should be filled into that tax return uh, as though they had given you an IRP5. Now, right. the problem is that you will go into an audit review process because we don't have the data to back that up. Uh, and then I would recommend is that you do give us an affidavit to the effect uh, that and attach your pay slips copies thereof as part of the affidavit, and that takes away your burden of of being in default with not submitting a return. Then yeah. SARS's no. obligation is to go and investigate the matter. Yeah, I, I've done that. I do have an affidavit already. We have. I, I was advised to get an affidavit. You know, requesting my RP5. But now the other thing is this, uh, Mark. I um, what will happen to him? Because I've reported this now. How come SARS cannot get to him? I mean, this is like big fraud. Well, uh, you know, that is my, my my other question. Why does SARS take so long? It's clear man is not paying again. Mm. But it's not only you, though, James. It's it's all the employees. It's not just you, or is it just you? That's right. How many of you are there? Oh, we. Uh, hotel, uh, the hospitality no. industry. Oh, so there's, there's quite a lot of you. About 50. Mm. Wow. I okay. think, Corin, what I'm going to ask is that we just take James's details, but we need to speak to the general listeners' problems. Uh, so we'll take James's details and see what we can do or not do. But I, I want to reiterate, uh, Corin, we may not investigate every case. That depends on capacity to audit mm. cases. Now, oh, he's we, disappeared. We, we, okay. We face a problem, and I would appeal that James maybe call back in and that I'll follow up in terms of the process behind the scenes because we don't want to give the name on the air. No, sure. I do have James's email address. So okay, maybe, so if James, if you are listening, won't you just – we'll call you back. I think we have your number. And just to make sure that you would be happy for us to give that email address to Mark, and then maybe you can be in direct contact mm. with him. But we, we do endeavor to investigate as many as possible. But obviously – uh, we're talking probably thousands of employers may be in the same position, uh, not declaring uh, properly. And uh, to investigate each one, it goes on to a priority and there's case selection done on based on various criteria. Mm. Uh, and we would audit and review and investigate. This doesn't mean for all of those of you listening out there that you can take a chance and not submit your employees' no. tax returns uh, because you it, just might be the unlucky one that gets audited. So don't take a chance. Yeah, but very importantly, Corin, and I think this is something, the employers filing their data and the vast majority of employers do file their data. 
That's a check on the employees whether they file or not. What worries me, though, about somebody like James, though, is that he is doing all that he possibly can do to rectify the situation. And that, that is why he's 100% in the clear. No, that's why I was going to ask you now, because he, by all accounts, hasn't submitted a, a return for three years because he's been battling for three years to get an IRP5 out of the employer. And now what happens? Will he be penalized in any way? Well, I would reverse those penalties through a committee process if there were penalties imposed. But that's why I said to James, let him go submit a return based on the data he has got, even if he hasn't got a formal IRP5. Okay, so he must just, if he was doing it by e-filing, he would just populate the thing himself, basically. Correct. In other okay. words, he would make an IRP5 up as such, and we will see that, that there's no data, and that will obviously uh, trigger certain other checks and balances from a SARS point of view. Okay. Just a reminder, you're tuned to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. I'm Karen Key, and this is The Law Report. My guest tonight is Mark Kingon, SARS Group Executive, Operational Services, Escalations and Support. And if you have any questions about your tax, you can call us now on 0892 10 2010. I think we have Donald on the line. I'm not sure where you're calling from, Donald. Good, good evening. Thanks for taking my call. Hi, in, good uh, evening. South Peninsula. Oh, hi. Also in the Western Cape. Hello, right. Donald. Donald, how can we help you? Um, well, I received a paper I3A for an um, annual annuity, uh, about 9,000 rand. And when I went on the internet to do the e-filing, I see there are two... Uh, entries, uh, separate pages and two certificate numbers there. Um, I phoned SARS about it. They said I must phone the people who sent the IT3A, which is Old Mutual. I've been in touch with Old Mutual and they said they've forwarded the matter to SARS for them to investigate. I wonder how I'm going to get this um, duplicated entry on the e-filing cancelled, please. Okay, very. Uh, I am aware of this actual issue. Uh, Donald, and what I would recommend in your specific instance is when you file your return is delete the duplicate. Uh, and I think you'll find the one's got a shorter certificate number than the other one. Yeah, I can identify which is the right, which one agrees with the paper one and which one doesn't. Okay, and uh, just delete the other one and file your return accordingly. You will go in for audit and you would just submit a uh, a document wherein you say that this is a duplication uh, and SARS is aware of it and you have reported it to Old Mutual as well. Yeah, so um, does that mean, I, from what you say, that I won't have to submit all my medical stuff and all that for the audit? Well, that that will be a be an aspect that you will have to submit. It depends totally, but yes, you would have to submit all your proof, unfortunately. Obviously, is that of concern, is that of concern for you? It's, it's, you know, it comes about 30 or 40 pages if I submit everything. Are you doing it on e-filing? Well, I intended to. Yes, but if you do, you can scan up to, you can scan, can you get the document scanned or not? Yes, yes, I can do it, but it's, um, you know, quite an effort just for one, when we, when we know what's wrong, yes. that's to supply everything, you know. Yeah, uh, Donald, I'm not too sure of where the actual matter is at this point in time, and I'd have to go and find out, uh, and we can get back to you if you would like, and we can call you uh, tomorrow or so, and just see where we are in the process. Yeah. Uh, but you say you know, sorry, you say you know about this already. I, I am aware of the issue. People. I am aware of the issue. I have had one complaint before. And I am aware that there's the, the, there's an issue that we are dealing with with Old Mutual on the matter. Okay. Thank you for that anyway. 
I've got another little query about um, code numbers, well, not code numbers, about certificates as well, please. Sure. Um, I received an, a, um, an IT3B, and it specifies the, the, the dividends, but for foreign dividends it says zero, but it says withholding tax on foreign, foreign dividends, and it's got a, a, a few hundred rand in there. I've been in touch with the uh, financial institution, and um, because I thought, well, how can I have a withholding tax on zero foreign dividends? Yeah, I, I I wouldn't know what the IT3B specifically states, but maybe just to say, uh, as you are aware, from the 1st of April uh, last year, we introduced, we dropped what we call the secondary tax on companies, and we introduced a withholding tax on dividends. Yes, uh, I'm aware of that. So... I don't know if it's mixed up on the IT3. I don't know why it would be a foreign. Is this a local company? Yes, it's Nate Group. Okay, well, it doesn't quite make sense unless it's one of their, their foreign entities. I don't know, and we'd have to investigate. But the point is this. Uh, if they did pay you dividends, they would have had to withhold uh, withholding tax on uh, on dividends, which you wouldn't reflect on the return uh, per se. But he's saying that he's saying that the foreign the, the, the thing that under the code four two one six it says foreign dividends zero and then where it yeah. says four one one two withholding tax on foreign dividends is yeah. four hundred and some odd rand. I just don't know yeah. if they've gone and put it on the wrong field. That I don't know. Well, I can quote their exact wording when they reply. It said the IT three B certificate is a document required by the South African Revenue Service. Perfectly yes, correct. We all know that. It only reports on the taxable income that you as an investor have to report directly to SARS. It does not include the income components where you are not liable for tax or where a third party is reporting on the tax liable to SARS on your behalf, such as dividend withholding tax. It makes no sense to me at all. No, that doesn't make sense at all. Uh, Donald, if we contact you, would we, would we be able to see that? Because I'm scared there are other listeners who've got a similar problem. Yes, you can do that. So okay, don't, 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 don't. Give it to me. We'll no, take we, it we've to got, the producer. We've got Donald's e email address. So, Donald, we'll would, contact you, you, tomorrow, would you mind if I forwarded your email address to Mark? I'd like that very much. Thank Great. you very much. Great. I'll, I'll okay. do that for you, and Mark will be in touch. Thank you, Mr. Thank, Kingham. Thank Thanks, you, Donald. Thank Good you. night to you. Karen, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Now, I'm starting to panic now because I've got old mutual investments. I'm starting to wonder when I start e-filing if I'm going to start having duplicate certificates all over the I place. Karen, uh, <laughs> I must be honest, I haven't heard of that one Oh, okay. Uh, before. Okay, well, the way my luck runs, something's going to be duplicated when I get around to doing mine. Uh, <laughs> I'll be in touch with you, Mark, as soon as it happens. <laughs> Anne in Kenilworth, good evening. Hello, Karen. Good evening you to you and Mark. Hi, how Hello. can we help, um, Anne? I have a question with regard to what you discussed earlier on. We know this year it's 250,000 taxpayers that don't have to submit, and previously it was 120,000. Hmm. The problem that we're coming across is, let's say in 2011, a client had or taxpayer earned less than 120,000. The return is not submitted. The following year, the taxpayer earns more than that and there's a credit due to him. SARS will not pay the credit to the taxpayer until such time as the so-called outstanding return has been submitted. Well, we, I've, we queried I've... this with SARS, and, they, and, the, and the answer was for the call center that the system hadn't been updated. But we're finding it this year as well. It shouldn't be happening. And, but and you know, maybe... Mark, it really and truly is happening. I'm a tax practitioner. 
I have queried this. I have sent emails to SARS, to the practitioners, to the uh, uh, um, local Cape Town uh, email address. I have telephoned the call center, and we just, it's a common problem. May I ask, it? Uh, do you belong to one of the representative bodies? I do. Could I please ask that you take it up with them urgently? Okay. And let them address it to me. Uh, they do have my details. All right. Uh, and they can take it up with my office, and we can just see if it's a common problem, because I haven't heard of that. Because, strictly speaking, if they didn't have to file one year mm. and they get a credit the next, it right. should be paid out, because we don't, we rely on third-party data right. as to the requirement to file or not. Exactly, and, and this is my point. In fact, today in the office I had a case in point exactly the same situation where the 2010 return mm. shows as outstanding because of this very thing that I've just discussed. Um, the taxpayer earned below the 120000 and they and, and, and it, you couldn't go any further. They wouldn't. That was a, a submit marked in red, outstanding. But anyway, no, okay, thank you very much. I understand why they're asking that. I think body. let's take it up with the controlling body and we can rectify it for all people. Okay. Thanks so much. Thanks, Anne. All right. Then. Good night to you. Bye-bye. Maybe can Sorry? I say, Corin, mm, very yes. importantly, with people who want to file, they can still file if they earn less than the 250. If they wish to claim, for instance, a retirement annuity or a, retirement, a, a, a contribution to a charitable organization in terms of uh, Section 18A, uh, they can still claim that. So please just remember it's not mandatory not to file. It's simply say you don't have to. And if you do want to claim, for instance, medical RAs or 18A receipts, you can. Okay, so it's not a case of if you earn below a certain amount that you can't file it. It's correct. just you don't have to file it unless you want to claim something. Correct. Okay. Right, off to Pretoria. Mushing, Pretoria, good evening. Evening, sir. How are you? Hello, we will. Good How can evening. we help you, Mushi? Fine. Yeah, my question is, uh, I started to work permanently in 2006, and I think in 2007, I, I registered in SARSNA for e-filing. Okay. So, and then, so I, 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 had, I, had, I had Mr. Mark said, like, if we, we earn less than 250, uh, 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 there's, there's no need to, to do e-filing, if I, I, I had correct. That's correct. Well, my yeah. question is, uh, like, I experienced problem where, if, like, I registered in 2007, and then from there somewhere, I didn't do, like, tax return. Ne? So one day, I, I, I get a letter that I owe SARS, like, 12.5. So I want to know uh, uh, this time, is those uh, previous penalties, uh, since there's, uh, like, a new law, they are going to be... Those penalties, we're still going to to pay, or not, or they will be cancelled, or not. Okay. Or we will pay uh, in future if if you earn less than two fifty. If you don't do uh, e-filing, okay. then there cannot be any penalties or or something. I want to hear. Okay, Moshi. Moshi, it's a good question. Can I just ask you? Do you know for which years they penalised you? Yeah, I think it's from two thousand and and seven until twenty ten. Okay. Now, just very importantly, the registration for e-filing wasn't the trigger for the penalties. The trigger for penalties is third-party data. In other words, if we become aware that there's an IRP5 for, for, for 2007, 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12, 
and you earned less than 120,000, uh, that would be uh, the requirement not to file. If it's above that or you've got two sources of income, you obviously had to file in those years. So that will be the driver as to whether penalties were charged or not charged in those years. Uh, did you earn above 120, Mosi? Yeah, now I'm earning above uh, above uh, uh, two fifty. But by the by the time I was I was uh, I was earning like I can't remember well, but I was earning less than one fifty. Okay, but very importantly, the two fifty only applies to the twenty thirteen year, and it could change next year. But for the twenty thirteen year, which was the year which ended on the twenty eighth of February, the okay. requirement does not go back to the previous years, and I'd urge. Because those penalties continue to run. Have you filed those returns now? Yeah, I I, I pay out, and then for the last for the last time when I check, SARS was owing me now. So my last question is, how long it takes if SARS owe me to to pay me? Well, let me let me tell you of my own experience because I like to, as they say, eat my own dog food as such, uh, and I I filed myself, and and two days later. Uh, it, I did get a small refund. So it does happen normally within the 24-hour to 48-hour cycle, depending when you file. But very importantly, if you're subject to a review and you need to submit supporting docs, that period does go longer. So that would be the question, were you subject to an audit or review? I did it in, in like what happened when I get the, the statement. Né? I went to SARS in Pulukwani. I asked for the statement. I get it from there. I I, I paid uh, like something like 10000 From there, when I, I went back to there to see how is, is, is my statement and everything, I find out that SARS now is owing me three 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 3.8. Okay. It's, it's two months back. It's okay. not yet. Well, see, I think what we need to do is take your details with the producer and follow up. But generally speaking, if it's yeah. not subject to an audit and your bank details are correct, those are the two main criteria. Uh, and often the people's bank details are not up to date and hence the refund will not be paid. Uh, but let's take your details and we'll revert to you tomorrow. We'll, one of my section will call you and we'll follow up. But I'm thinking, Corin, uh, for the other people, very importantly, Check if you are subject to an audit. If you are not subject to an audit, you need to go and verify that your bank details are captured correctly. Okay, uh, but for the last time when I checked, the bank details was correct. <coughs> okay, okay, Mushi, we have your phone number, which I'll pass on to Mark, and somebody will be in touch with you tomorrow from his office. Is that okay with you? Okay, it's, it's fine. Thanks very much. Great. Thanks, Mushi. Thanks, Thanks for getting Mushi. through. Good, good night good to you. Session. Right, off to Port Elizabeth. Neil, good evening. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Um, absolutely. You good? Okay. How can we help? Um, I'd like to speak to Mark. There, I think he's uh, a little bit sick and tired of me. But anyway, um, <laughs> I think I know who's speaking. <laughs> yeah, he knows who's speaking. Mark, I'd just like to tell you one thing. Okay, uh, I sent you an email today. You sent me one the other day. Um, I haven't received that as yet. Neil. Okay, now you'll get it tomorrow, right? Um, it's self-explanatory. You know, I've had a, a ding-dong battle with with SARS all the way along. I'm a disability person, not through my own uh, problems, but however, that's not here, there, or anywhere. The thing is now. 
if a financial institution has your provident fund, right, and I had to cash in my provident fund in order to survive, right? Now, they deducted 30,000 rand for tax, and they paid it, they, they uh, because I got 199,000, just as an example. I got 199,000 out, okay, which SARS knows about. The thing is, they took tax of 20-something odd thousand or 30,000 rand, and they said they paid it to SARS. However, they've gone belly up, which is Pioneer Financial uh, uh, Institution, right? The thing is, who does, it, who does the owners fall on now? I mean, I'm owed... Have you got any proof, Neil, that the, 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 the amount was withheld? Well, they, 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 they paid me out uh, the amount of 199,000 rand. I've got proof of that. But did they give you proof that the thirty thousand? Well, I know that the thirty thousand was never ever paid. I've only only come to it's only come to the fore now. Okay. Because SARS say I owe them, and we're busy trying to sort out with SARS. Is it because of this provident fund payout? Yeah, because of this provident fund. No, not the provident fund. They've got it down as two hundred twenty-six thousand rand, right? Mm. However, my payment was a hundred and ninety something odd, which equates to the 30,000 rand that was taken for tax, but it was never paid to SARS. Now, I don't know that because I don't run the institution. Okay, but Neil, just very importantly, and, and Karen, very importantly for all our listeners, is when an amount is paid out by a fund, they would apply for a directive to the South African Revenue Service. And directive would then indicate, going back to the fund, how much tax must be withheld. Uh, now, you're saying it hasn't been paid over, and I take that to you because you didn't get an IRP-5. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, I got nothing from them. All I did was, uh, you know, it's been a dear John thing since 1997. And has this company gone into liquidation? Yeah, Pioneer. Pioneer. Look, it's, okay, it's, but the thing is, what I'm trying to come to now is, we put our, our, our differences behind us, Madeleine, and they've been absolutely fantastic. As I've said in the email to you, We've now uh, constructed the impossible has become possible. So, but now bungalow A doesn't talk to bungalow B. Now I'm now dealing with the debt section. They owe me 360,000 rand. They've audited everything, right? They owe me 370,000 rand. However, at the end of the day, I now got to go across to the debt section. Now I can't stand in a queue or anything like that. So. I tell you what, Neil. I'm going to because I, I'm very concerned. With, I mean, the other listeners who need yeah, to, I know, but the to thing get is to. Yeah, I want you to try and sort this thing what out. What I will do okay, is Neil, get. I will get the head of our debt area in PE. I don't know who the person I've is. I've given it to you on, in writing to who the lady is. Okay, I don't know, and and I will make sure they contact you. She's contacted me, and I've been to. They came down to see me in the boardroom. But I've got a person who didn't know... Well, I will make sure that a more senior person than that then contacts you. No, the senior person said to me, she's too much in a higher position to okay. talk to me. Well, that's unacceptable, uh, Neil. And let's just see what... I don't know the issue, and I, I'm speaking cold here. And obviously your main concern relates to how do we get credit for this amount and move this thing on and get the refund out. Is that correct? Right. Well, Neil, yeah. Yeah, that's it. I need this money. You know, you know exactly. I've earned 7,260 rand since 1997. 
Yeah. I think, Neil, if I'm getting the email tonight, it definitely hasn't come in as yet. I'm sitting here in front of my email as well. Uh, so that has definitely not come in, and I'll follow up if by the morning I don't have it, uh, and uh, my secretary will contact you. We've got your details. Okay, Neil. Thanks for getting through. Good night to you. Right, off to Johannesburg. Victor, good evening. Hi, good evening. Uh, um, may I speak to Mark? Yes, sure, he's listening. Hello, Victor. Hi, Mark. I have a question, and actually it's a question but a complaint. Um, in um, December, I think it was December last year, um, I got an SMS uh, after I submitted my tax return that it has been finalized. And to my shock is that I was owing around 90,000 rand. The following day, I went to South office just to check what the reasons are. And then I was told that uh, they didn't take into consideration uh, the losses on my properties that I have. Mm. And they said it's because I didn't attach some documents. Every year, I do it uh, exactly the same way, where I do a schedule of income and expenditure, indicate everything, attach that. So I had done the same thing as well last year, but then it was not a problem. They said I can do an objection, which I did. I, they said I needed to submit some documents, which I submitted. Uh, that was already in January, I think, around the, the 12th. Um, and then... I was told that it's going to take 90 days for them to finalize the objection. I, I used to call every third week. I would write the reference number down. While I was doing that, I was advised that I need to make an arrangement to start paying, just in case. So if the case it's in my favor, I will be refunded. If it's against us, anyway, it's fine. I will have already started paying. But SARS offices and the call center refused to give me the reference number that I need to use to do an internet transfer, which was very frustrating for me. And that took so long until one day I went to a SARS branch in Albertine, spent four hours there, and this lady, she was very helpful. She gave me the reference number, and I started paying then. But it took more than that. And around June, I went to another SARS office, took inquire about the status of my case. And I was told that, no, actually this case was closed in February. And I wonder why, because what? they said, because you didn't submit some documents. The documents that actually I submitted with my tax return when I filed. And now I've done the appeal again. And okay. it's almost two months now. I've not heard anything from us. I contacted your SSMO office where they responded and said, no, there's nothing they can do. I must just wait. I just Look, feel that it's, it's really frustrating. I can understand your frustration, and I've, I've got deep sympathy with that, and we need to resolve it, and we'll take your details. Uh, you've gone through the right steps, so let's just run through the steps. You, you submitted a return. You claimed a loss. We audited yes. you. You submitted supporting docs in support of that audit. Yes. Uh, because just very importantly, no documents come in on individual tax when, at the time of filing. It will only come in if we are request the documents. It's not well, like it the was whole... requested after okay. I did the filing. Okay. And if we didn't uh, agree with those figures, we would disallow the loss, and then you would have objected, which you say you did do. Uh, yes. And we will but get I was told that it's, it's, you, you disallow because you said I did not attach the mm. documents. Yes, but they, and but you say you did. Now we need to go yes. into that. Uh, it sounds, Karen, from all the facts that we've acted incorrectly. Obviously, we've got to go verify it. 
but it would appear that uh, this this taxpayer has followed the the step by step process very correctly. Uh, by the way, in terms of what I've heard, and I can only apologise because that's not the type of service that we want to offer. Uh, and what? this is exactly the type of thing that we need to to stop happening. That people are not getting to 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 final results quicker. Uh, because it's clearly unacceptable. And what I'm going to do is we'll take your details if you're agreeable. The producer can take the details and we'll follow up in the morning. Right, that's fine. I can send you the, the, the de- in detail exactly what happened and the date, including the reference numbers, because every time I call your call center or I visit a sub's office, I write down the date and the reference number that I get, although I feel that it's actually useless. Because, I mean... You know, every time I will be given a new one and I will write down, but nobody follows up on that. 100%. We'll fix this, and I apologize for the difficulties that you've had. Victor, I'm going to put you back to my producer now. If you could just give him your email address so that I can send all your information to Mark, and he'll be in touch with you. Well, somebody from his office will be in touch with you tomorrow. Okay? Thanks. Okay, Victor. Thank you, Victor. Hold the line. Just a reminder, you tuned to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. I'm Karen Key, and this is The Law Report. My guest tonight is Mark Kingon, SARS Group Executive, Operational Services, Escalations and Support. And if you have any questions about your tax, you can call us now on 0892 10 2010. Abraham in Cape Town, good evening. Earlier, something was said about 65 and 74 and 250,000. Sorry, I just tuned in then. I did not get that. Okay, well, Mark, would you like to just repeat it again? Let's just repeat. If you don't mind. Not at all. 100%. Let's deal with the 250,000 first. Okay. That only applies to people who are in receipt of a single source of salary or pension. In In other words, I receive one pension or one salary. Uh, below 250 and I have no car allowance as such so that's the 250,000 the second thing is and and may I ask your age if if I may be so bold (laughs) it's 67 okay 67 a person uh, between the age of 65 and 74 if you earn less than 99,056 uh, and that, uh, with the exception of trade, which I spoke about earlier, uh, you wouldn't have to submit a return. So let's say you've got interest um, in that vicinity, you wouldn't have to submit a return. So it all depends on the nature of your income. If you, for instance, have got a corner cafe, uh, you need to submit a return from the first rand. You're not excluded uh, from submitting a return. All right. Uh, so... Um if I have an, uh, an income of 99,000 uh, and what's the 56,000 and, and 56 rand? Per annum, yeah. Uh, per annum, okay, then I don't have to. But if I have one rand more, I have to. Well, it, <laughs> it, it, it all depends what the nature of that income is. I come oh, back I to see, all right. And, uh, um, uh, well, obviously, uh, in my case, I would get it from two or three different sources. Okay, you would probably have to submit a return as soon as you Even go if above. Even it's just ninety-nine thousand. If as soon as it goes above the ninety-nine oh five six. Okay, but uh, from the three different sources, if it's ninety-nine thousand, I don't have to admit. Correct. It. Okay, even if it's just simple interest. Uh, correct. Okay, great. That's all I wanted to know. So I will keep my eye on 99,000. <laughs> and 56. Don't of forget course, the 56, Ibrahim. Of course, this is an amount that moves up each year. 
Oh, it moves up. Yes. I see. So this was this was for the current tax year up to February end of Correct. February this year. Uh, for 2014, out of in, uh, for instance, it goes to 104,611. Oh, I see. I'm glad you're saying that now because we're already in 2014. Correct. Okay, mm. so it goes up to 106,000. No, 104. Uh, uh, 104,611. Uh, uh, okay, 104,611 rand. And if you turn the age of 75 in the 2014 year, it goes to 117,111. What is 117,000, yes. Okay. What, what is it now, Mark? What is the... Uh, 110,889. Okay, because I'm going to put this on my Facebook page because they're probably going to get emails tomorrow. Corin, what okay, else? Now, this is very important, you know. There are many people in this category here uh, and, and, in, <laughs> and in these ages. So it's, uh, for, for the 2014 year, it's 104,600. Great show. And 2015 yes. has never has hasn't been determined. No, 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 no. We, we, the, the, the minute, that's the minister's prerogative when we come to February next year. You see what's happening. Uh, I mean, I've been a, a, a taxpayer all my life. Uh, but uh, nowadays, one has to either uh, try and listen to this radio show or uh, that particular news uh, uh, paper or whatever. Uh, whereas in the past, SARS used to notify us that the tax return is now, uh, 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 is now due for the 2013 or 2014 tax year. But okay. nothing may happens these days. May I, may I ask you a question? Do you e-file? No, I don't e-file because I've had many problems with e-filing. <laughs> I'll be quite frank with you, I've had. And you know, one day, uh, uh, on, uh, on my attempt to e-file, and then what happens here is this, um, I couldn't get into this system, my e-filing system on, this, uh, on there. And somehow or other, I thought my email, my password was wrong. And I tried to phone them up and tell them, how does one rectify this? Do you know I have... Uh, or, uh, or the other uh, question was, is, do I have to submit my, uh, my bank account numbers where I got income from? Do you know the amount of calls I got from SARS? I, I do apologize for that. And, and, you know, it makes one suspicious, and I can okay. guarantee you there are things going on okay. there. No, there aren't, and I can assure the listeners. You know, there's two, uh, last year 2.8 million uh, p- people... Uh, well, I think that's what our forecast is for this year. I'm just trying to look at my figures here. But as at uh, last night, uh, 479,000 uh, people had e-filed uh, successfully. Uh, that's op- fine, but they don't have the questions or the queries I have. So that is the difference. Yeah. So no, what I, hear I do, you. I go down to SARS office and they e-file it for me. Yes, they do it electronically. That's yeah, correct. Yeah, they do it electronically, and that's it, and I feel safe. Because mm. I'm doing these things from home, and I can't say my computer's all that secured. Okay. Well, Ibrahim, if you're earning less than 99,056 rand, you don't have to worry about doing it this great year. Great show, great. Well, 99, th- and next year is 104,000. That's right. <laughs> great show. Okay. okay. Just, Mark, just one query. Up to, up to 64 years of age, what was that one again? That was we, our uh, original first question from Ken. I can't 63, remember now. 63556. 63556. The Six. tax threshold. Okay. Okay. Now, okay. Just very interestingly, Corin, we've had as of last night seven hundred and seventy-six thousand returns filed in basically the first half of the month, wow. uh, of which four hundred seventy-nine thousand are via e-filing. That's amazing. Yeah, it is a. It's a. It's a huge volume, and I, if I just look at compared to last year. Uh, we're not far off a hundred thousand more returns submitted this year wow. over all our channels. 
That's actually very promising. It is. Gosh. Of course, people want refunds, Karen, well, as you know. Yeah, I know. But then the best part is I got one of those things last year. And it was literally, as you say, the next day the money was in my bank account. Mm. I was like, really? That fast? It was amazing. No, it is good. Yeah, and, and, also and it is secure. And, and obviously, if you keep your password secure and your machine is, is, is secure as such, there should be no uh, worries uh, as the previous caller had. And just before we take our next caller, I just want to say something here because it's on the front page of the SARS website and it's something that I think SARS tells us all about every year but we have to be very clever about this. Beware of phishing scams. SARS is not going to email you and ask you for your bank account details. Trust, am I correct, Mark? They're not going to do that. 100% correct. And if anybody's promising a a refund of a small amount just click here we never refer from an email to another website to capture any details just delete the email delete Correct. it delete it even though it says at the top it might say from SARS but anybody could put that on SARS will not send you those kinds of emails please do not fall to be a victim of one of those phishing scams really Correct. not worth it right Tetsetso in Orlando good evening good evening how are you hi very well how are you good evening I'm okay thanks how Hello, can we Mark. Help? Yes, hi. Um, how are you? Ah, good, man. Good to be uh, with you guys. Yeah, uh, thanks, thanks. Um, I just caught your show about uh, 15 minutes ago, so I didn't catch the start of the show. <laughs> nah. In 2008, I started uh, working. I worked permanent. And then uh, I worked as a technician where you travel throughout the country. So... I haven't, I did not register for like SARS uh, for tax returns because nobody informed me. And then I worked 2008, 9, 10, and then 11, that's when I found out. And then uh, um, I got a guy who said he can do, he can help me with this. And then uh, he, we went to SARS and they, and they said we can file for 2009, 10. And in 11. So in 2010, I had an accident and I lost my way. I wrote down my kilometers on a rough like book. And then, um, okay, he said that the guy was helping me, said we can do an approximate kilometers. Mm. And then we did for the three years and then we submitted. SARS paid for 2010. And then they said they wanted documents for 2009 and 11. So I attached an affidavit and gave it to SARS, but they returned and did nothing. They said they wanted the logbooks themselves. Correct. Now, mm. I can't, um, I do not know how to get the logbooks. Mm. How can I go about in well, getting the situation resolved? And it's a, it is a problem, and I understand your challenge, but the, what the law requires is that you uh, prove beyond any reasonable doubt the, the, whatever you are claiming. Uh, and in this instance, you are unable to produce what the law requires, which is simply to say uh, your, your total kilometers, your business kilometers, and details of those trips. And that's the challenge that we have. And it's very mm -hmm. difficult for a SARS auditor to go and allow such deductions. Uh, and it would be a balance of probabilities that we would, in my view, and, and how I would have handled the matter, uh, I would have looked at the facts um, and made a judgment call, but it, I would have unlikely uh, conceded to give you 
the benefit of 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 just an affidavit uh, because okay. uh, I'm just being open with you. However, I don't like the, the, what what it is. Uh, you have got a right to object against that, and have you done so? I've done that uh, at a first office. A lady helped me, and then ever since it, it they haven't uh, called back or done Okay, so anything. nobody's responded to the objection. Yeah, nobody has okay. responded. We and need to obviously with, with okay. my line of work, I can't afford to, no. to I, call okay. to the If we could call you, if you don't mind us calling you, uh, mm-hmm. let us have a look at the facts offline. But it's unlikely that we would have allowed this as a deduction. Uh, on the objection, we have an obligation to come back to you, uh, and, and it, which we obviously haven't done. Let's find out why, and we'll come back to you. Okay, to set, so I'm going to put you back to my producer. Um, if you could just hold the line, and we'll take your. We've got your phone number, so we'll actually we'll we'll give Mark your phone number if that's okay with you. That's perfect. Okay, okay. all right. Thanks to set, so we'll get we'll get Mark to get back, or somebody from his office will call you in the morning. Maybe very importantly, Corin, mm. um, that's one of the few, few people who've referred to tax practitioners tonight. Uh, we did introduce from the first of July a requirement that all tax practitioners had to belong to a recognized controlling body. Yes, I remember you asking one of the callers right at the beginning whether she yes. did, yes. So there's a whole host of them, and they are on our website. If you click on tax practitioners, uh, for instance, I'll just list some of them, the Law Society, uh, the Chartered Institute of Management Accountants, Chartered Secretaries of Southern Africa, uh, the General Council of the Bar, Urba, which is the Independent Regulatory Board of Auditors, the Institute of Accounting and Commerce, Institute of Child Accountants, Institute of Professional Accountants, uh, the Institute of Tax Practitioners, and the Association of Chartered Certified Accountants. Those are the recognized bodies as uh, currently approved by us. And practitioners have to belong to one of these bodies in order to be rendering a service as a tax practitioner. Okay, so if you are going to speak to somebody, please make sure that they are registered with one of those bodies. Otherwise, what is the situation, Mark? If they're not registered, what happens? Well, uh, in essence, if a person is providing a service to and charging a fee uh, for doing that service as a tax practitioner and they're not registered, they are guilty and they could be charged as a, uh, with a criminal uh, charge. Okay, so make sure that you find out whether your tax practitioner is registered before and you. And very importantly, Corin, there are a number of people who have been taken for a ride where practitioners promise refunds. Uh, and be, mm. if it's too good to be true, it, it probably is. is too good to be true. <laughs> That's what they always say. As I say, I could actually be a millionaire if I'd actually believed all those emails I get every day about having won something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, It's the same Correct. thing. It, it sounds too good to be true. It actually is too good to be true. Before we go, Mark, I just want to check with you the Voluntary Disclosure Project. Is that over now? Or? No, it, it reopened last year again on the 1st of October. So it's on our website. You can search for Voluntary Disclosure Program. It is less... Um, how would I put it? It's not quite as beneficial as the first one. But if a person wants to regularize their affairs where they haven't been uh, honest with us, uh, they can come and do so with certainty that certain of the aspects will be waived. But obviously the capital and there are certain amounts still payable. And there are some things coming up. Also, you'll find all of this on the SARS website. You've got some taxpayer education workshops coming up again. That is correct. All over the country. All over the country. There's various workshops. And then very importantly for those in offices or in towns where our offices do not necessarily visit, we do have our mobile offices. 
so we have a unit dedicated in KZN. Uh, Northern Cape, I think they've been doing some trips around there. I'm not 100% sure. But we're hoping to have one dedicated per province later this year, a mobile office that goes to the more remote areas. So people will be able to find out locations and dates and things all on the website? That is correct. Okay, so if you're not quite sure if you can make it to a SARS office, there isn't one close by, you're going to be having a mobile tax office. It'll be coming around somewhere close to you in the more rural areas? That is correct. Okay, so there's there's no excuse that you can't find the information. I mean, I remember back in the day when I first started paying tax, which I won't tell you how long ago that was, a very long time ago, we didn't have all this extra information to help us. I mean, there's taxpayer education workshops, the mobile tax office, e-filing, which I think is just the most amazing thing because it's so much quicker than writing out those endless pages that we used to have to do in the past, Mark. Gosh, I mean, it was like a the book. old buff forms, yes, as they gosh, called it. <laughs> it seemed to go on forever, those pages and pages of stuff. Well, just think we had to go process all those forms. True. Okay. Uh, and now we're sitting with over 2 million returns submitted electronically. It's a hugely beneficial, not only to SARS, but to the trees as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But can I just ask you a very personal question? When I submit my tax return via e-filing, how is it that that, that, that computer thing can actually... T- work out my tax so fast? Oh, it's uh, hugely fast. It's actually utilizing uh, very sophisticated processes. And uh, we're talking of milliseconds to calculate the, the result. Uh, and we've got top people working on this and, and really a good team uh, that have been uh, dealing with this. Corin, we need to maybe also just focus on the dates of filing. Yes, please. Uh, so very importantly for those people, and by the way, we've only had uh, manual returns so far, 562. Uh, the date for filing of a manual form, in other words, if you want to post it to SARS, you call our contact center, we post you one like in the old days, and you can fill it in and send it back to us. That date is the 27th of September. For those people who want to e-file, uh, either via e-filing or electronically at a SARS branch, uh, the date for non-provisional taxpayers is the 22nd of November. And then provisional taxpayers uh, via e-filing only, uh, that's the electronic www.sasefiling.co.za. That date is the end of January 2014. So we've got all the dates. There's no excuse. You have to get your tax returns in. It's one of the things you have to do. Of course, unless you fall under the tax threshold, which we gave you all those details of. But I will put those details up on the Law on SAFM Facebook page if you'd like to pick those up again. Uh, Corin, I can maybe give you more details to put on that page if you don't mind. Okay, Mark, if you can email those to me because we've got 20 seconds left and I have to cross over to the next Mm. show. So I'll be in touch with you via email. And if you could let me have that, that would be great. Great. Well, my thanks, Once again this evening to Mark Kingon, SARS Group Executive, Operational Services, Escalation and Support. And remember, you can always contact the SARS Contact Centre on 0800 007277. If you'd like to find out anything more about tax returns, the website www.sars.gov.za. And on the Law Report next Monday, the 22nd of July, we'll be talking about family law, divorce, separation, maintenance, custody, and a whole lot more with attorney Amanda Cato. Well, I'm Karen Key. Thanks for joining me this evening. And uh, over to Stephen Kirk and I with Nighttime Music.